coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. No, you haven't been transported to Sundance Film Festival. It's a different kind of indie world showcase. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. Mark, how you doing? Doing great. I hope we didn't make people feel too sad listening to that intro. You know, feeling like they're missing out by not being amongst mm. the glitterati in Park That's right. City. That's but right. don't worry. Don't fret not. You're with America's Sweethearts. That's right. Patrick d- and Mark. I would say a different kind of Hollywood elite. <laughs> A very different kind. Very different kind. Um, Mark, uh, you are currently in the process of moving. That's right. Um, Because, of course, uh, our information was leaked as part of the E3 leak. And you You had to get out of your house. It was that or fake my death. Uh, So that actually is true, that our information was included in the, uh, the ESA leak. But I don't, I have received zero harassment as a result. Have you have you the same? Our fa- I mean, I I wouldn't know. <laughs> I I don't answer the phone unless I know the number. Yeah, and uh, I forgot how to log into my email. So you can also, only use that excuse for so long, Patrick. I, I'm gonna keep using it. Here's here's the thing that I find uh, the funniest, and I know if if anyone was actually negatively affected by the ESA leak, which we know people were, right? So we're my just heart, like my heart goes like out a to them. Small, tiny part, right, of the internet, right? And our fans are generally very cool. Well, and I give out our email address on every episode, so like if someone wanted to harass us, they could. Yeah, it's easy. Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail dot com. Uh, I don't recommend that you use that email to harass us, but you know, you do you. Um, speaking of doing you, would you like to borrow our copy of Sonic Forces? Probably. Probably. Also, I just referred to it as our copy. That's not true. It's not true. Patrick's I, being very generous. I bought it on my own with my own allowance. <laughs> um, you can borrow it. Just write to us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com with a mailing address, and I will send it to you. You can send it back, and it costs you nothing. Good news, bad news. Mm. Good news, this is the last time we're going to remind you to send us your Donkey Kong 3 high scores. That's right. Bad news, yes. you only have one day to do it. That's right. On Friday, August 23rd, we are no longer accepting high scores in our Donkey Kong 3 high score chase. So send them in. You Email could them. win socks. You could win four socks. Two pairs. Oh, yeah, that's right. I, I got panicked for a second. I was like, I only have two pairs of socks. I don't have four Mark, pairs of socks. you dropped the ball on this. <laughs> I promised them four socks. You're going to get them four socks. How do they send that to us? Uh, either email Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com. Please don't harass us. Or you can tweet at us at Nincart Society. Don't harass us there <laughs> either. The other thing you could do with those email addresses, that one email address. I'm, let's back that. One email address, yes. one Twitter account. Yeah. Send us your Super Mario Maker 2 levels. Yeah, we love it. We want to play all your levels all the time. Um, Every time I turn that game on, I have fun with it. Would you agree? Yeah, I think it's great. (laughs) You always have fun with it, for sure. Um, 
Wonderful. Uh, so we got an email from um, Justin on the subject of sending us an email. He wrote to us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. Gmail. Just like you can. And says, Patrick and Mark, hey, I've been a fan of your podcast uh, since March of this year. Um, a longtime listener to shows like Game Explain and Retronauts. Um, but when I switched over to Google Podcasts, somehow through Google's magical algorithms, your show was recommended to me. And ever since that magical day, I've been listening to your podcast uh, until I left to visit my family in Japan this summer. I admit, regardless of how awesome your podcast uh, is, being in Japan, I was quickly overwhelmed with Japanese gaming stuff and entertainment. Um, and the n- new movie, uh, Dragon Quest, your story. Um, so he didn't hear about, uh, sorry, I'm uh, skimming a little bit, but here. Um, so I didn't hear about this Donkey Kong competition until the podcast this weekend when I was flying home and catching up on the backlog of my podcasts. Well, I decided to take you up on the Donkey Kong 3 challenge. I'm sad to say, despite my love for NES and monkeys, I could only handle one night of spraying Donkey Kong with bug spray up his monkey cheeks. Uh, so I know my score isn't going to win the epic sock prize, but I wanted to submit anyway. Justin, thank you for submitting. <laughs> Even if you're not super proud of the high score, we appreciate seeing it. Um, interesting, uh, Something interesting to note when visiting Japan this summer. All the kids are uh, still seem to be highly into uh, Mario Odyssey, even though it's a game that's been out for about two years. All their excitement around the game made me decide to finally pick it up. It was a game I had previously passed on. Um, I'm happy I did this because it is so much better than Donkey Kong 3. Uh, I was wondering what your thoughts are on collectathon games in general. If you play them, do you find yourself using guides like YouTube videos to help you complete them? Or do you attempt with no help uh, at all? Appreciate your awesome podcast charisma and intro music. Thanks so much, Justin. Uh, Mark. How do you feel about collectathon games? What's like an example of a collectathon game? So I think uh, in 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 this case he's using uh, Super Mario Odyssey oh, as like you a, have to a do so many in. moons or like that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. That, I mean because Mario Odyssey's uh, you know premise is here's a big space, find all the moons in it. Um, I do think that Mario Odyssey is one of the best examples or like one of the most fun examples of a collectathon game because most moons require you to do something that is fun anyway to earn it um i think the bad examples of collectathon games you know end up being like the nintendo 64 era rare games um uh or you know ukulele um from a little while back um and i mean i'll like those games if they're designed well um i don't think that the uh the genre is inherently good or inherently bad um and a good one like there are a few things i like more than a good collectathon game that's very satisfying to me and i just generally i use guides for almost oh, every game that i yeah. play like for sure i feel so bad for guides writers oh yeah because that has to be such a like grinding job because a game comes out mm-hmm. maybe you have a review copy and you know like immediately people are trying to like take like fire emblem for example right yes somebody had to compile the list of what gifts go to who and like what lost items yeah. go to who and that's probably just a lot of trial and error totally. and then just trying to be like do it as fast as possible right and who did i give that I, I look 
I will use guides for uh, for that sort of thing. Um, but I've also just gone up to characters in Fire Emblem Three Houses and tried to give them everything in my inventory <laughs> until they're like, "Oh yeah, that was mine." Yeah, which way? I wonder which way is faster because I've always looked it up. Oh yeah, and I wonder if it's just faster, just like brute force it. Because <laughs> there's I've no done, penalty. No, they're they're. I mean, they'll say something like, "No, how did you think that was mine?" Some of them, some of them will be rude about it. Yeah, but it doesn't like show that your relationship is getting worse. So like, just keep trying to give them that beat up coat. It'll be fine. <laughs> But yeah, thank you so much for writing in, Justin. Yes, thank you. Uh, and um, for, uh, yeah, Mario Odyssey. Yeah, baby. That's a great game. Oh, yeah, that is a great game. Um, better than Donkey Kong 3? We'll see. <laughs> All right, Mark, let's get into our topic of uh, the, the week, which is the Nintendo Indie World Showcase. Gamescom going on right now in germany lots of big video game news coming out of it this is a uh, nintendo's contribution to that so it was a, a couple of things are a little bit different about this one previously in north america these indie showcases had been referred to as nindy showcases yes um the indie world showcase seems to be a global branding that they had previously been using in japan for sure i think also in europe then now they're just like making worldwide I wonder if that's also why we didn't see the presenters on screen oh, like we had previously. It was all done in voiceover. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, I guess one of the uh, bigger things that has happened since the last one of these, right, is that Damon Baker is now no longer he, working he, for Nintendo. I don't think he was around for the one in March either. He, yeah, that, that might be true. The timeline is messed up in my yeah. head. But, I mean, if there was, uh, for that one, his, his uh, fingerprints were probably still on it in some capacity. Um, and it seems like this is maybe just that they're falling in line with the international branding. Yeah, I, I kind of, I missed the, like, uh, personal presentation, I guess, a little yeah. bit. Well, and it, they weirdly called it out right at the beginning um, because it's still hosted by uh, Kirk Scott um, and uh, Katie Casper, um, who is not a, a Nintendo personality that I was familiar with before. Um, but uh, they point out that they're just the disembodied voices of them and not uh, the actual personage. Yeah. Um, but, you know, whatever. We still learned about, like, 20 games. So um, uh, do, how, how do you want to do this? Do you want to just, like, run down, like, game by game and see if we have anything to say? Yeah. About, uh, Let's uh, do that. Well, well first of all, uh, how, how did you feel about this thing? Was it Were there exciting things in here for you? Or? Yeah, there were. There were some stuff that I hadn't heard about or wasn't familiar with or anything like that. Uh, I also didn't really have any ex expectations for this indie showcase because I felt like a lot of the big, um, you know, indie games that would you kind of expect to come to a platform they've already checked a lot of those boxes in, yeah. in a good way and so this was just kind of like oh cool this is like a bunch of stuff for the most part that i've never heard of yeah um well and also like you and i aren't like super ear to the ground uh indie game like pc right. gamers anyway right. so um you know a, a lot of these things uh are total surprises to me which is fun. Um, so the, the first game out of the box was uh, Risk of Rain 2 um, from Gearbox, uh, which they described as a, a classic rogue, roguelike um, for one to four players coming out uh, summer 2019. Yeah, so uh, the, presen the trailer, the presentation of it is a lot like the, um, uh, what was the Edge of Tomorrow? The oh yeah, die, repeat movie. That's right with Tom Cruise. I like the idea of this game. I didn't. I never heard of Risk of Rain before. This is probably a great example of yeah. what you were saying that we're not really 
tuned into the um like PC indie scene. But so I the fact that this is the second one is a total surprise to me. So a uh, friend of the show in June had oh. mentioned to me that this game is still in beta on PC. So it'll be interesting to see how it's presented on Switch. Yeah, like if if it's still like it's still in its beta form or if they're targeting like proper launch for because summer 2019 is now right uh we're running out of summer 2019 um which is sad when you think about it it is but let's not dwell on it let's too not long. dwell let's not dwell too, too much on being sad we've got other stuff to talk about uh the next game on the list here was uh oh well actually just a, a loop back to your live dive repeat thing um yeah i really like the um the way it presented like here are the two co-op characters and they make a little progress and then get beaten and then it's like okay attempt number two um and it was just kind of a, a comical way to present that i also just like the idea of a co-op um like rogue like game yeah. i've never played one before so that idea seems really fun to me um yeah and it seems like it would that'd be a fun way to like uh spend an evening is just like yeah with a buddy i wonder trying over and over again yeah i guess you could probably play with like four switches in a room yeah um they also uh in like the fine print during the game it will also support nintendo switch online um uh next up was eastward which is a, a game from chucklefish and pixpole um and it's got some very pretty 16-bit graphics um looking a, a little bit like earthbound a little like notes of secret of evermore yeah, and chrono it, trigger it definitely has the 16-bit look but like the animations are so much more yeah than what you could do on a 16-bit system um and it looks like it's got a kind of a top-down zelda um like gameplay style to it um we were and someone tweeted us about this too uh sorry i don't have that right in front of me um but that uh we were just talking about uh zelda like games like blossom tail uh blossom tales blossoms tail blossoms tales i don't know <laughs> i don't know where the s is in that um and uh, yeah, this would be uh, another example of a, a Zelda-like game, um, and it is coming out in 2020. And there's definitely like a part of my brain that anytime this kind of like art style is invoked, that it just starts like, yes, I want this, I want this. Yeah, it does. It it fills, and it's it's just like a little bit different from most of the 16-bit uh, style art that we see, where like it's got that extra level of like meticulous pixel by pixel detail it also just looks a little bit more like gonzo in a way it does look a little yes yeah absolutely um just a little bit just a little bit crazy <laughs> speaking of just a little bit crazy freedom finger from wide right interactive is a music driven side-scrolling spaceship shmup uh and that's coming fall 2019 uh this game looked a little too crazy for me mark i don't know about you yeah i mean shmups are not really my thing to begin with totally um yeah and then it, it like it it seems neat in that it's got like uh these different kinds of art styles like there's the one that looks very much like uh kind of adult swim animated like mid uh 2000s decade uh animation and then also like goes into like an 8-bit kind of style mm -hmm. um but i mean all yeah i, I my patience for um side-scrolling spaceship shmups runs out pretty quick it does look very silly <laughs> it does look very silly <laughs> also the uh they have a list of the musicians who are going yes. to be their tracks are going to be featured and i didn't know most many of them but they have one by the radio department which i thought was really interesting i'd be super curious i, I really like the radio department i'd be super curious to know what track they picked yeah. for like a shmup like game 
Um, and actually, it seems like they this whole game is focused on uh, presentation in, in a lot of ways. Um, they showed off the voice cast, which includes uh, Nolan North and John DiMaggio, um, and two others who's... Yeah, so that part of it actually reminded me, not Nolan North, and, and uh, maybe John DiMaggio wasn't in... I'm thinking of Mad World, where like a huge selling point of that yeah. was... Uh, who's the voice of Bender? John DiMaggio. Oh, okay. Yeah, then, yeah it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably why yeah. it reminded you of it. Um, but so yeah, it, it means that you know it, they're they're showing off the names of the actors and the names of the bands that provided music for it. So like, if nothing else, this thing knows what image it's selling, um, and you gotta respect it for that. So next on the in the presentation was a game called Roki, mm-hmm. which looks very pretty. Yes. But I have no idea how this game plays. No, because it looks like it's uh, kind of a like isometric. Or was this the one that it was either isometric or side scrolling? I can't remember now. Um, but you, it just seemed like the character was moving without obstacles, um, and like just encountering creatures. Yeah, it also had um, that kind of like really electric, glowy, yeah, aesthetic to it. That reminded me a lot of a game coming later, but also reminded me I, I, of just like stuff we had seen before. Yeah. Um, so it's pretty, I'm interested to hear more about it, I guess. Um, and they just gave the release window of winter for it. Torchlight 2 is coming to Switch. This had been previously announced, but now we know that it's coming on September 3rd. Uh, and Switch players get a free pet unicorn and a free pet yapper. Um, now, this is not to be confused with Yamper who is no. the electric corgi in the new Pokemon game. That's right. Um, you got to play Pokemon to get that thing. Uh, so really, it's just it's Torchlight 2, mm-hmm. which was basically um, a game that exploded before Diablo in popularity. Exploded in popularity before... Uh, so this game did not actually explode? <laughs> no. Okay. Um, kind of like satiating that itch for a dungeon crawler type game before Diablo 3 came out and um it looks really cool again it's one of those things where like it it looks and plays very much like diablo but definitely has a different personality yeah it's much more like cartoony um a little sillier i guess it's weird because i i feel like diablo is always toying with the idea of being silly and then it's like no no no, we're self-serious and then like may like maybe there's like a pun in the name of the sword and then it's like no 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 but we're very serious (laughs) uh next up we saw a skater xl um from easy day studios uh and it seems like they are taking uh both the like best parts about tony hawk pro skater and skate um and making a skateboarding game out of it yeah so the arcadey aspects of tony hawk pro skater yes is what always appealed to me about that series that and the rock and soundtrack oh yeah give me that gold finger baby <laughs> but and so the like with skate and later games that became more like skateboarding simulators yeah that that became much more challenging for me to get into and it does actually seem like this is maybe leaning a little bit more into the skate side of things well whenever they're like total board control and physics based yeah yeah then then you know that like i mean total board control sounds attractive if that's something that you can actually genuinely master right um but uh i mean just like a real skateboard you have total board control on a real <laughs> skateboard, but you're going to fall most times. 
especially if you're trying to do a trick. Uh, this game is out uh, just sometime in 2020. And then we have Europa. Yeah. It's a like a 3D platformer that kind of reminded me of in the little bit that we saw of Captain Toad with some like gravity stuff thrown in. Yeah, there's definitely the the gravity is is way warped that you're like walking around um surfaces. For whatever reason the avatar, the character you're playing, yeah. who was that like kind of like rounded but chunky just like AOL online yeah, yeah, mascot yeah. thing that becomes orange. I was watching this and I'm like, this game has to have been developed in Europe or Montreal. This game is so yeah, European. 100%. So European. Uh, the uh, But it, it looks uh, cute and interesting. Um, I, I, I noted that the world of this game seems sort of Splatoon-y. Like, it's vaguely post-apocalyptic um, and uh, there's like some graffiti uh, around and like you uh, so the the tagline for this was you puzzle you platform you paint europa um which is uh i don't know it, it seems it seems like a cool game i feel like in describing all of these we have s- sounded like insane. we're like <laughs> insane and also 80 years old uh, so where we're all like oh it's cute, cute. it's silly <laughs> i stand by it comes out comes out this winter uh super hot Super hot, uh, and this is just super hot. Uh, is com- is coming to Switch? This game has uh, been on like everything, right? Yeah, I think it's like five or six years old at this point. Um, it is a first-person shooter uh, whereby the action only moves forward, time only moves forward when you do. Um, so there's a lot of you know, kind of like dodging bullets um, in uh, I- bullet time, but I guess you time. And it also dropped on Monday. Yes. This was one of two stealth drops. Yes. Um, that happened around the Indie World Direct. Uh, next up was Dungeon Defenders Awakened from Chronic Games, uh, which includes four-player split screen. I didn't know that that was still a thing. Well, they also uh, teed this up by saying it was like an indie classic. Yes. But I'm not. I'm not familiar with this series. No, neither am I. It looks kind of like hack and slashy dungeon crawler. Um, but like is actually 3D. Like w- normally when I say hack and, hack and slash dungeon crawler, I think of a Diablo like game. Mm-hmm. Um, but this uh, camera is like nice and low and seems a little bit more action gamey. Um, this one is a timed console exclusive. Timed console exclusive, so it's coming to uh, Switch first in February 2020. I wonder if Dungeon Defenders is a uh, an indie classic and Dungeon Defenders Awakened is. Uh, new because they're saying yeah, console I, exclusive. I don't know. I think so. I think that's true. Uh, next was the Tourist, which is a low poly kind of has like the Minecraft aesthetic a little bit, but it's blocky characters, but much more defined than like Minecraft. Yes. Um, much more detailed. Uh, and it, it looks like it's a puzzle adventure game in like a modern tropical setting. Yeah. So uh, this is. I wasn't sure if this is the one that the person who tweeted a. Uh, at us was referring to as like a Zelda like game. I guess it's not like a 2D Zelda game. It kind of reminded me it had like a little bit of like a Wind Waker vibe. Yeah, or like a 3D dot game heroes vibe. Um this uh Mark, do you remember a couple of years ago when we were reading uh was what was the name of this comic series about um it was like Bird of Paradise? Do you remember this? It was like a, a Hawaiian detective. Yes, I do remember this. Um I that I got vibes of that series. 
um, from this game because you're playing like a guy in a Hawaiian shirt, like when a mustache and like big aviator glasses who's like exploring you know caves and tombs and stuff um so it it's got a very the the style is very specific i don't really know what i can tie it to though i don't know either one thing that i thought was interesting as i was watching the trailers i was thinking of so many like young adults at this point who grew up playing minecraft yeah and who that sort of like blocky aesthetic would have the same sort of nostalgia. The, when I was talking about, you know, anytime there's that 16-bit totally. aesthetic, I'm super into it. I wonder if we're getting to the point where there are people who that is true for, for like the look of Minecraft. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I would totally believe that. And I feel like the Taurus is the first game that I've seen that purposefully or not is kind of capitalizing on that. Yeah, totally. Uh, Skellboy from Ukami Games. Looks like a real-time combat Paper Mario-esque game with horror movie creatures, characters. Yeah, there's skeletons and vampires and stuff like that. Um, so the the characters and like all the background stuff, they're all like pixelated sprites that exist on like a, a 3D plane. Um, so it's a little bit Octopath Traveler-y. Um, traveler-y. <laughs> um, and a little bit Paper Mario-esque. Also... They gave a really specific release date. December 3rd, 2019. Lock it in. You can also lock in Earth Knight <laughs> from Cleaversoft. So this game looks amazing. Yes. It's like, it really has, the gameplay looks like it really has Sonic vibes. Totally. Except instead of like Green Hill Zone, it's dragons. It's like dragons flying through the air. So like, sometimes this game looks like a shmup, right? Where, uh, especially like in the, the flying sections. Um, but there are also just like parts where, uh, you know, you're playing as uh, either this little girl or was it like a, an old man, like an old man. He's got a big beard. Yeah. Um, and, uh, they're like running and dodging, uh, you know, around uh, like all these creatures and like weird platforms and stuff. Um, and uh, like the game just looks so pretty has this like, uh almost like painterly like storybook quality to it um and would also go into um like sort of behind the character camera when they're like diving through uh i like diving back onto the planet or something it seems wild this game seems wild yeah it it looks really cool it's probably one of the games that i was most excited about yeah. coming out of this showcase partly because uh you don't really see games try to ape Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah, de- you definitely don't. And uh, you don't really see games going for this kind of uh, visual style either. Um, you know, uh, how many times have we said uh, pixelated or 16-bit or, you know, retro or blocky or whatever, um, or even like animated. And while this does look like, it doesn't look like a cartoon. It looks like someone, you know, like very careful, uh, like colored pencil pencil drawings for like a children's book. Um, so it looks like something that uh, nothing else really looks like and plays. It looks like Sonic the Hedgehog, which no one else really does. And it's coming this year. That's right. Which seems like it's going to be really cool. Mm-hmm. Next, they had a sizzle reel for the Hotline Miami collection. Yes. Which I thought was so funny. Because if you are not familiar with Hotline Miami at all, it looks you like would nonsense. have no idea. Yeah, it's like uh, the trailer was basically just shots 
overhead shots zooming in on really pixelated uh, characters like, in no, the game. Doing yeah. nothing yeah. of particular interest. And granted, Hotline Miami is incredibly violent. Yes. But they've shown off incredibly violent things before. So I'm assuming, th- yeah, they just figured Hotline Miami, people just know what this is. Yeah, you want it or you don't. Uh, it, it was the other game that uh, released on Monday. It's uh, both games mm-hmm. for in one download for, I think, like 25 bucks. Um, are you, have you played Hotline Miami? No, I haven't played either of them. Hey, me neither. <laughs> but I played Katana Zero, mm. which people say is very similar. Even when I was watching the trailer for Hotline Miami, the soundtrack started up and I was like, oh yeah, this soundtrack sounds exactly like Katana Zero, which is cool. Katana Zero was a really cool game. Which again, props to Earth Knight <laughs> for not looking and sounding like everything looks and sounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we get like a full-blown sizzle reel for a bunch of games coming out. Um, do, should we just speed through these the way they sped through them? Yeah, I... Yeah, a lot of these I don't even really particularly remember. Yeah, so Blasphemous from Team 17 Digital and The Game Kitchen is a 2D Castlevania-esque game um, that's out September 26, 2019. Uh, Close to the Sun from Wired Productions and Storm in a Teacup is an atmospheric first-person puzzle adventure out sometime in 2019. Cat Quest 2, which is Cats. Uh, running around with swords and stuff. <laughs> Fall 2019, Spirit Fairer, uh, which was uh, an action platformer uh, out spring 2020. Uh, Treen, Train, how would you say this? Trine. Trine for the Nightmare Prince um, is uh, October 8th, 2019. Creature in the Well, which is a game that we did talk about in the um, March Nindy Direct. Um, this one actually gets a release date. Um, uh, so it, it's kind of like a pinball-based hack-and-slash uh, kind of game. It, it looks really cool. I would yeah. love to see somebody who's skilled at it play it. I know for me it would be a nightmare. But basically it seems like you're shooting these like el- electric orbs yeah, or like um, orbs of electric power. Around sure, and then you that's use a very it. important distinction. It it's yeah, I completely. <laughs> They're agree. either electric orbs or orbs of electric power, <laughs> and then you're using your sword to kind of like bat them around or baton. <laughs> Yet to be revealed. Uh, but so the release date is September 6th, 2019, which is very, very soon. Um, then we saw One Finger Death Punch 2. I don't know what that is. December 2nd, 2019. Uh, Best Friend Forever. This looks very cute. Yes. This is a dating sim. Maybe it's a dating sim. It has some sort of social components, but also you have a dog. Yeah. Maybe you're just socializing dogs. <laughs> yeah, it could like, be. Like that also would be super fun. I also just want to mention that we had... Uh, Oh, we love, uh, so this is a sidebar. Yeah. We love when people send us Switch friend requests. Yes. You can find our friend codes in the show notes. Yes. I saw that one of my friends, a listener, was playing Dream Daddy. Ah. And that reminded me that I need to buy that game. I do as well. I feel like this game has a similar aesthetic to Dream Daddy. I think so too. That's uh, what made me think of it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yes. Obviously, I should have put those dots together. <laughs> It's also uh, Best Friend Forever is coming out on February 14th, 2020, mm-hmm. Valentine's Day, apropos. Very good. Uh, Fogs, P-H-O-G-S, exclamation mark. Mm-hmm. This, um, <laughs> it's like you wrote down, it's a mix of like Cat Dog, the Nicktoon yeah. from the early 2000s. And Snake Pass. I believe I wrote it's a nightmare <laughs> mix of cat, dog, and Snake Pass. Okay, so instead of being a cat and a dog, it's you seem to be two dogs. dogs. Yes. But there's no getting around the fact that they 
look and move like penises. Yes, it's a problem, which was not a problem with Snake Pass. <laughs> or Cat Dog, honestly. <laughs> I don't know. Cat Dog makes me uncomfortable. Well, but Cat Dog, they didn't have to use like uh, Havoc physics or whatever. Uh, next up is What the Golf. Uh, it's a silly golf game. It's out this winter. Um, Kine uh, or Kine. I'm, I'm not really sure. Um, so this uh, looked in this uh, showing here like a moving objects around uh, the, a space puzzle game. Um, it, it also made an appearance in the um, oh, Google Stadia uh, mm-hmm. d- Direct. Um, and which made it clear that there are musical elements to it too, where like the pieces that you're rolling around are musical instruments and, uh, like the music changes as you move them and reconfigure them. Uh, so that actually seems a little bit more interesting to me after having seen the, uh, Stadia thing. They also showed off Hypercharge Unboxed from Digital Cyber Cherries, a toy soldiers first person shooter coming out this winter and they and uh, next was northguard which is like a viking viking style like tactics game september 26 2019 uh also sparklight this one is kind of like blossom tales yep so another one like that fall 2019 uh and then the last on the sizzle reel was a munch sizzle reel i don't know what i actually said sizzle reel was uh the new munchkin game quacked quest so munchkin is a card game right is that yes. why I, where i know the name from okay yeah yeah um and they use uh what is it cards or miniatures i think it might be both um because i know they also do a lot of like licensed stuff mm-hmm. um so that you'll see you know like a batman munchkin game or you know whatever um and this uh it doesn't look like it's, it's a, they're not just bringing um a card game to switch it looks like it's actually a uh, video game uh, again i will say hack and slash again um because that's what it looks like and, and that's then, fall 2019 and then finally there was a one more thing always gotta have one more thing yeah for indie world and it's ori and the blind forest definitive edition from xbox game studios coming september 27th which is uh very soon um same and- day as dragon quest 11 s Echoes of a def- uh, nope. Echoes uh, of a and uh, I don't elusive age. Elusive age, yes. Definitive, definitive edition. edition. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. Uh, so this is a was previously an Xbox exclusive. Um, but that doesn't seem to mean too much anymore. Yeah, the second time uh, one of those games has come to Switch after Cuphead. Yep, and. Um, also interesting, around the time the Cuphead was revealed, there were rumors that Ori and the Blind Forest was also in the works. So I have not played this game. I don't own an Xbox, but I know it's super well regarded. Yeah, and uh, looks, uh, or at least from the trailers that we saw uh, on Monday, uh, looks very exciting and, and very good. Like, I'm I'm totally going to pick this up. And, and I just really, I think it's cool to see Xbox and Nintendo working together. Or, you know, at least, like, collaborating on games like this. Because really, I, you know, Nintendo has said this for a long time, but Nintendo and Microsoft are both video game companies, but they don't really play in the same space anymore. Yeah, it's true. And, like, it's interesting because I I do think that Sony plays in the same space as both Microsoft and Nintendo in some ways. Like, they're playing the, oh, you 
you like our exclusives, so you need our platform to play our exclusives, like Nintendo. But they're also playing the we have powerful hardware that can play any game, just like Microsoft. I, I and maybe this is just some of uh, my own ignorance, but I also feel like Sony makes more of an attempt, especially recently, to be like we we develop games for players of all ages right more so than microsoft yeah i mean you saw microsoft's presentation at e3 and it was like we're making games for all kinds of gamers that are into you know like hyper violence yeah you know like there's not really anything for families or kids on that platform and so it makes sense to me that um microsoft and nintendo can kind of leverage each other's strengths yeah yeah Uh, and if it means that we get more of the uh, not hyper-violent Microsoft exclusives on uh, Nintendo, then uh, so be it. Or if, you know, eventually someday down the line we get I don't want to play Gears of War. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, Game Pass on Nintendo Switch would be, uh, or even um, xCloud or a- any of the Microsoft services, uh, seeing them on Switch, um, does not seem impossible. Uh, doesn't seem inevitable, uh, but it seems like something that might happen and would be super cool. Um, all right, that was uh, that was the Nindy World. It, no, not an Nindy World showcase. The Indie World showcase. Mark, let's close this out. Uh, I would love to hear what everyone else is excited for uh, in this thing. Um, I, I think there are a lot of games in this that sound like they're at least worth playing. Um, so email us and let us know what from this uh, showcase you were interested in, Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com, gmail.com or tweeted us at Nincart Society. Um, thank you for listening. Uh, please rate, review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts. If you like this episode, you can share it on Facebook or Twitter. On Twitter, I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MKA Mitchell and the show is at Nincart Society. You can also check out the Facebook page, which is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by 8 Betty. You can get more of his music by going to 8BitBetty.com or by listening right now. From my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Eller saying thank you for listening.